someone from the building industry, if I was having that much difficulty, you know, what chance would someone who doesn't have that experience have? So I, I had the advantage I was able to draw and compile the plans myself. Welcome to Startup West, the podcast about building great startups in sunny Western Australia. I'm Beth Cornelia. Hi, and I'm Charlie Gunningham, and today we're talking with the founder and CEO of Udrew, Tom Young. As you will hear, Tom is a great guy, humble, hardworking, salt of the earth. He's taken a really hard problem, getting your house project costed and approved with local councils, and built a completely online, real-time solution. You can draw yourself, hence Udrew. Yes, he has had quite a journey, having put years of work and lots of money into this, and in 2018, he was crowned as WA's Innovator of the Year. How has he done it? find out in our chat with Tom. Welcome to Startup West, Tom. Thank you very much for having me, <laughs> Good to Charlie have you. and Beth. Thank now, you. tell us all, for those who don't know, about Udrew. Tell us all about Udrew. Right, so we're a Perth-based um, construction technology company, I suppose, and we're looking at uh, simplifying the entire building process from start to finish. So, um, right. uh, yeah, streamlining it at every possible um interval that we can to save all the So if someone's got a house project, an extension, putting a pool in or a garage, they go on to udrew.com.au? Yes, they will be able to once we're officially live. All right, um, you're not live yet. Right? Not yet. We've just signed the go live documents with the city of Wanneroo, who have been working very closely with the last couple of years. Cool. And so the idea behind it is um, no matter what your experience, you can um, jump onto the system, sketch out whatever it is you want to build, and as you sketch it, it checks against all local and national building codes and so regulations. sketching this on a Google map. On your website, is that right? So you, uh, you can find your lot plot, yeah. where your plan is going to be, whatever the, whatever you're doing, garage, pool. Let's say it's a pool, right? Sure. Yeah? Yes. And then you just sketch it all out and it'll just calculate yeah. the cost? No. So what it does is as you sketch it, it um, calculates all the structural engineering in real time uh, and it checks it against every local um, and national building regulation and will fix itself to suit if it doesn't comply. So basically, it allows anyone to create their own fully certified building plans in a couple of minutes. So It uh, sounds like a really big undertaking, and I know nothing <laughs> about the building industry. So is that as difficult as it sounds to build something that is capable of doing that? In real time as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely taken um, a little bit of time. So I started um, looking into it in 2008, actually, believe it so or not. So okay. you're 11 years in. <laughs> yeah, well, officially we um, formed in 2017. Okay. So, right. Oh, right. Okay. So, so it's been on your mind for a while, though. I've been working on it since 2008 as sort of like the world's most boring hobby. So <laughs> some people play tennis or knit. I like to kind of solve problems. So um, <laughs> it was actually inspired by um, when I was coming up to the end of a four-year renovation at my house and four-year renovation well hello me and my friends did it and generally the beer would come out earlier than (laughs) anticipated and so kind of dragged out a little bit but we're getting to the end and I realized that I'd forgotten to submit the plans for my front fence Um, and been a former structural draftsman um, I was able to dust off my old computer and draw up the plans and uh, my dad was helping me move bricks that day, so he certified it. He's a structural engineer. Ah, boom. Dropped it into the council that afternoon, and it ended up taking seven and a half months to get approved. Fantastic. Wow. And it was about to be finished. Yeah, so I had another seven and a half months of living um, in a building site, which wasn't great. And the cool thing is, um, well, it's not really cool at all. It's um, They misspelled my street name on the approval documentation. And this is back when um, they're changing all the laws with um, resale and things. You need everything documented. Mm-hmm. And um, 
So I was a bit younger and naive and I let them know that they'd missed a letter in my street and they told me to halt all works immediately and another two and a half months. Start again on the process. Well, well, their credit was two and a half months this next time. So nine and a half months total. So I literally could have had a child in that time period. (laughs) You literally could. And that was before we even started building the fence. That was just for the approval. So um, So you saw that there was a real need. By mm. the sound of it, it sounds like the, this is just a, a mm. part of the world that is ripe for yeah. more disruption, innovation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, as someone from the building industry, if I was having that much difficulty, you know, what chance yeah. would someone who doesn't have that experience have? So I, I had the advantage; I was able to draw and compile the plans myself. Um, so you can add easily another six months on top of that for someone who has to arrange that. You've got to see surveyors, architects, engineers, so on. So this and, was two thousand and eight mm. when you were doing that nightmare of a planning process yeah. for nine and a half months and you thought there's got to be a better way. Yeah. So what happened in 2017 to go, right, I'm doing this company. I'm right. setting, so, this, I'm setting up Udru. Um, Udru. Sorry, Udru. 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 Got it wrong. I'm Udru. It So it actually, it all started at that point back in 2008 and I started thinking, why is it so difficult? Engineering, it's physics and math, so it's logic, it's universal. All that was missing were the variables. And so these structures, they're not overly complex, like we're talking fences, swimming pools, um, garages and things like that. And so I started figuring out if it was possible to be able to generate some of the engineering automatically. And to my surprise, in about a month or two, I had it all figured out. The only thing that was missing were the variables, and Google Earth was pretty new at the time. And back to my nerdy hobbies, I used to sometimes look for nice abandoned tropical islands that I could one day retire to. And um, I saw the the connect straight away with Google Earth and spatial technology. If we can extract those details, put them into these engineering equations, we can generate it automatically. And so um, I kept doing that just in my spare time on weekends. And after about six months, I had um, all the engineering stuff figured out. And it was only thing missing was the geological stuff which light bulb moment, um, that's actually my specialty. Um, and so mm-hmm. I used to set up a bunch of uh, geotechnical labs all around Perth, the large engineering companies. Right. And so back then um, I just I put a clause in my contract that I got to collate all the data from every core sample that came into any of the labs that I ran and started building data because um, sedimentology is the least sexy side of geology that you can possibly <laughs> imagine, <laughs> which is great because there's so much unexplored territory and um, – yeah, I was effectively the first person to look into this and spent eight years collecting core sample data and eventually um, taught myself coding, created an algorithm that could use that data to predict the geomechanical properties of building sites. Oh, wow. And so it took until 2016 to prove it out and to my surprise it worked. And so 2017, that's when I left my fun, stable job. Um, Which was? Um, running geotechnical laboratories for right. large engineering companies. Right. And you taught, taught yourself to code. So you've actually coded Udru. Um, the beta. The beginning of it. Yeah. Right, 2016. Yeah. I, my programmers will hear this and go. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, right. But technically <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> In visual basic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. So then what happened? Yeah. So um, I quit my beautiful, fun, stable job and um, went to the startup world um, after I'd, um, I'd architected it so that my tax was going to get returned like a big, bit higher than usual and we'd saved up a bit. Mm. And so um, my wife and I, we talked about it and um, we both agreed that it was the right thing to do. And we were very fortunate and both her and I um, got a scholarship to Curtin Ignition. 
And so I've been, been more of a technical person, literally spent my career in dark laboratories, hunched over beakers and well, not quite really, but um, it, I didn't really know too much about the business side of things and the financial side and pitching and how to right. raise funds. And so Ignition was a great start point. Was, so that was mid-2016? Yeah, that was mid-2016 actually. Okay. So that was um, prior to me um, quitting my lovely, fun, stable job. But right. um, that was So a, what was the I'm quitting the job moment that you said? You, you've got the thing built but mm-hmm. were clients were, were like City Wanneroo and others going yeah we need this let's mm. bring it on Tom what, what was the moment that went I'm going to quit my job because that's quite a moment mm, absolutely so um, City of Wanneroo actually gave me the scholarship for Ignition uh, right. and so they wanted to see it yeah and yeah. so that was a nice booster as well and um, following Ignition that had given me the confidence and I could see it would work the numbers were just ridiculous about the time that would save the money as well yes and it is a genuine problem. And um, the building industry, it's, it's just got systemic issues from in every step of the process from yes. um, initial design to construction to approval and every point in between, not to mention the environmental um, damages that it can do to you know for the environment and all of us. So with the Udrew system, we can save, um, I think the pilot, it was a great number, it was like 34% of materials. Wow. And so just stop that waste of concrete and steel and... Just make it cheaper and more affordable and more environmental, and that's a big driver for me. Um, right. So, are you ruffling some feathers in the building industry with uh, yeah. with what you're doing? I I wonder if that's having an impact. Yeah, well, initi- it is having an impact. So, what does that look initially, like? Initially, um, people just said it's impossible, can never be done, and didn't really right. take it seriously. Um, now they're starting to realise that. Um, the science behind what we're doing actually does work and it's validated. Yeah. Um, but it's very important to us to work with the industry on this. So it's a bit like a cog system. So we need the government, the industry, and Udru to all work in sync or this will not be possible. So um, we're very much targeting the industry to inc- improve their return on investments for these smaller types of jobs. So we're making tools for the industry to help them so that's the business model there. You're you're selling this to the industry or to government. Where's that? Where does you do sit? In we've that? got a two pronged right. approach. Um, so we've called it enterprise and government. So right. um, the enterprise is sort of separate APIs of functionality from the system because there's so many world firsts in there. We actually stopped counting after seven because it was a lot of time to validate <laughs> and things. But yeah, I'd say there'd be about twelve to fifteen in there, and so we're separating them out for. Um, individual um, construction companies and suppliers and things to help them with the quoting side, the mm-hmm. market research they side. Can some of the intelligence yeah. in their system. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. So we've got a great tool we've just validated at the moment, which I'm very excited about. Um, and they pay for that or they're going to pay for that? Um, you roll it out. Uh, they are. We're just in the process of finalising some contracts at the moment. Mm. Um, and it can save months of build time for these building projects. And which means they get billed first, which is good for them. Because right. um, yeah. you can get things passed quicker through the council, they can get things built faster, yep. they reduce their costs by 30% without waste, Yep, it's winning all around, right? Yeah, and that's the ultimate goal is to create the win-win-win, yeah. so um, win with government, win with um, industry, and win for the final person who wants to build something. Mm-hmm. And it looks like we've cracked it, and I'm really excited to get this out live and start seeing the, the savings passed on and mm-hmm. the efficiencies increase. And hopefully it'll pick up the industry a bit because it's a bit sad here at the moment in Perth. And um, we're hoping it'll encourage more people to build because it's going to be so much easier and cheaper. Yeah. And so nine and a half months to get a planning permission. <laughs> How long using your system? 
Um, my record was one minute thirty six seconds. Okay, that's a bit faster. <laughs> yeah, <a> bit <laughs> that's some significant savings. We should. Yeah. That's outrageous. So look, in saying that, minutes? in saying that, you know, I'm a bit biased. I built the thing, so I know how it works, and okay. I know where the buttons are. But with our user testing, um, so far everyone's come in under twenty minutes. Wow! Oh my goodness! And that's Still with fantastic. zero um, planning permission mm. within twenty minutes. Yeah. That's yep. outrageous. That's yeah. that's unheard of. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so, <laughs> unheard of. <laughs> so what are what are the next steps for you, Drew? Where where are you going from here? Yeah, um, oh, there's so many next steps, and I'm so OCD. I've actually planned out like ten years, but um, <laughs> but the next immediate steps are um, we're looking at doing some piloting in New Zealand. Um, Fantastic. Uh, in the next couple months. Right. Depending on how fast things move. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of um, variables in there. City of Wanneroo using it? Um, use it? Yeah, we're actually, yep, we've signed the go live documents with them. We're seeing them on Friday to confirm the final um, products that are going on. Mm. And then it's just a matter of um, sending them a link, basically, and we'll be live with Wanneroo pretty soon. Um, we're in talks with a few other WA councils, which I'm really excited about. It's um, very important for me to, to get it out in Perth first, because that's where my experience is I'm from Perth and yep. you know um, I want to fix it in my hometown first and so that's a big driver for me to get it in Perth first yeah plus it's bragging right New Zealand <laughs> why are we going to New Zealand <laughs> I mean they can use it too after it's great okay yeah so, all right maybe. so you're P- Perth born and raised yes you yes. and very proudly I can hear in your voice which is fantastic <laughs> so were you always were you a high flyer at school did you always have that drive to be a business owner and and to, to start something of your own uh, probably not so much of the first half of that question, but the second half, <laughs> I've always had the drive and the passion to do things. I'm actually very dyslexic, so um, things like maths at school, I'd always get very low grades because I'd invent my own equations. They'd still work yeah. beautifully. I'd still get the right answers, but the teachers didn't like it. Um, wow. Yeah, all the sciences and things I always excelled in. Um, English just didn't click with me at all, and you can probably hear it with my um, yeah, my vernacular. But it's, whereabouts uh, in Perth you grow up? Uh, Gidja Gownup. Well, oh, so it's yeah, sort of out there. Yeah, back back then it was beautiful. even it was actually quite rural. Now it's yeah. sort of more of an outer suburb, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah, beautiful place to grow up. What were your folks doing? Um, we had a sheep stud. Ah, right, yeah, okay. so it wasn't Big like, family, brothers and sisters. Yeah, I'm the the awkward middle child, so I've got <laughs> an older brother and younger sister. Okay, and it's quite an interesting mix of family actually. So my dad is almost autistically smart. He's a structural engineer. He's like Rain Man. Okay, uh, but he's a lovely guy. Don't so you've me. inherited that from him. Well, I think it's a bit of a mixture. And thank you for saying that. That's very <laughs> nice of you. Uh, wait until the interview's over before you say. You're a genius, right? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Oh, that's it. I'm just passionate. I think. But, yeah, um, yeah. And my mum's an author, and um, you didn't get that from her. Yeah, no, not the writing <laughs> side of things. No, definitely not. But the creativity, the creativity I think, for sure. Okay. You've got to have some creativity yeah. to come up with. I think I've got a like bit this. of a balance of both, actually. Yeah. And my brother's actually a Hollywood director. What? Wow. And um, my little sister, she's probably the smartest out of all of us. Um, she's uh, got three kids, a husband, I think. She's um, a nurse. And just for the hell of it, she went and sat her doctor's exam, passed, got cool. asked to join med school and said, no, thanks. I was no, just seeing if I could. Oh. And <laughs> Well, I'm happy with my doctors. life as it is. I can do what you're doing, but I want yeah, to be a nurse. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, Bless so um, yeah, oh. she's brilliant. I'm trying to get her involved with some of the hackathons and startup stuff because yeah. I think she'd be brilliant. How on that. earth did you keep the whole thing going without any revenue? I mean, you haven't got revenue yet. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just so, fast forwarding again. Oh, we've got a little bit actually. Great. Okay, not much. Did you raise money? What? What? Yes, we're very fortunate and um, managed to get some amazing um, investors on last year. 
Um, if, am I allowed to mention names or is that... Oh, no, if, if they're allowed, allowed to, to, if yeah, they'll sure. allow it, please but, do. Um, Angel investors, presumably. Yeah, yeah. With um, Yeah, they're actually... Half of them are VCs by day, but they invested privately in us yep. as angel investors. So we've got yep. Andrew Larson and Matt McFarlane, yeah. who are just amazing Two people. Two crackerjacks. Yeah. And they're bringing in just that wealth of knowledge, the strategic um, advice and networks, and they're just really awesome guys. Is that courtesy of the Plus 8 Accelerator, which you were on last year? Um, I'd say largely. Um, Andrew and I actually met at Ignition. Um, ah, right. He was literally the first person I ever pitched you drew in front of. It was a hell of a pitch too. I quoted Avril Lavigne in it and Vanilla wow. Ice as well. <laughs> of course. I, I think I've still got up my that. computer. I'll if tell you footage, after. We'll, we'll need to see that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, it's hilarious actually. And then you <laughs> won WA Innovator of the Year. Congrats. Which oh, gave thank you, you 70 yeah. grand or yes, 50 grand or 75. something. 75 grand. So yeah. that was nice. So Fantastic. you've had yeah. some angel investment. You won some prize money. And that's got you to the stage where you're on the cusp of, uh, well, getting revenue. Yeah, we had great. some sponsorship as well come in from Midland Brick um, okay. to collaborate on a few things, and we're still working very closely with them. They're actually um, really progressive. I'm really impressed with them so far, and we're going to have some cool stuff for them soon. Um, also, before I forget as well, we had um, West Coast Civil Engineering invest in us, so we've got the industry side represented as well, right. as well as a legal firm, um, Stephen Brown Legal. Um, so we've kind of got these four pillars um, mm. with Andrew and Matt representing the tech business strategic side and then the industry through West Coast and then the legal as well. So it's very powerful. Yes. And, um, and Plus 8 investors. In yes, exactly. Yes. So they've been fantastic as well, the Plus 8 um, investors and spe specifically Space Cube. I'll just, if I had a T-shirt that said I heart Space Cube, I'd be wearing it <laughs> oh, now. Oh, they'd love to do um, that. Oh, just, yeah, they've just been fantastic, the support and uh, mentorship. Right. It's still ongoing. So very fortunate with that. Wow. Uh, so, what, in your experience, what has the local fundraising scene been like for you? Obviously, you've seen some success, but it's it's still it's a hard slog by the sound of it. Even even with you know eventual investment. Yeah, um, I won't say anything too bad because we're probably doing another raise soon. But <laughs> <laughs> I started in the wrong area. Like this was oh. purely out of ignorance. Um, as uh, you know, someone with a, a very rough roughly coded um, beta prototype. I went straight mm. to VCs because I didn't know any better. Right. And it, in hindsight, it was the best lesson I've ever learned. Um, and so I had a bit of problems with that. But it really taught me how to articulate it and I got grilled, absolutely grilled. And um, I did probably about 50 of those meetings, wow. to be honest, um, and learned some very important and interesting lessons, which I probably shouldn't say. Um, well, give us some one lesson. What things did you learn along the way that you can share? Because a lot of people listen to this, you know, a lot of startup founders listen to this, and they'd like to, there's a guy who's... They'll go through the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Who's pitched, he's raised money from <laughs> two amazing local tech founders and some firms. Yeah. What so, did you learn along the way? Um, I learned that the VC field is, um, in Perth, is... A bit dodgy in places. Right. Don't get me wrong, there's some fantastic VCs out there. Um, they just weren't well suited to the position that Udra was in at the time. Yeah, there are not many early stage VCs in Perth, if any. Right? Mm. And the ones we did see, they all loved us, um, which was lovely. Mm. Um, they offered us three times more than we were asking and um, dangled all these you know, exotic fruits in front of us and then basically said, I literally word for word, now we need to talk about the brown paper bag under the table. And I just laughed it off. I thought it was what? a joke. But they were literally asking for a 10% cash um, bribe wow. um, of all this successful oh funding. This is on top of the, the the company's commission that they'd already get as well. 
Were they expecting you to list on the stock market? Yeah, there was well? there were things like that, and yeah. I was a lot more ignorant at the time. And you know, my forecast said this, and I was like, "Yeah, we'll definitely do that in one year easily." You know, and so um, there was a few things that um, they were asking, which now um, I just know would be so. Be wary, in other words, is what you're saying. Just be wary. Yeah, yeah, when you're going around looking for money and check people out, maybe before you. Yes, absolutely. Before you. Um, Mm. before you go in and pitch and maybe talk to Tom from yes, Udrew absolutely <laughs> hit me up on LinkedIn with these the guys with the brown paper bags <laughs> <laughs> yeah my bribe costs are much less than theirs so um, <laughs> coffee, an beer. affordable oh yeah beer that'll, beer that'll do the job nicely. every time fantastic so what's the best piece of advice uh, that you got along your journey oh there's been so many um, one of them is to um, trust your gut a bit to start with, I was too insecure and um, lacking confidence to do that. And, you know, I was often under the impression that I was probably wrong because I didn't know what I was talking about. But more often than not, it's dead on. Um, so I'm learning to follow that a bit closer. Also to not be afraid to ask for advice or help from people. Like you said earlier, the coffee economy in Perth, yeah, that's um, saved me so many times. And everyone's so friendly and willing to, you know, give up 15 minutes, half an hour of their time, have a quick cuppa. And just give you their two cents. And the advice I've got from that and friendships as well have just been phenomenal. Um, and it was something I was very reluctant to start with. So networking, I still get uncomfortable with. I get yeah. a bit of social anxiety, to be honest. Um, but these things are so vital for a startup. You need to learn and yeah. soak in as many perspectives as you can. Um, I know you've travelled New Zealand, Silicon Valley, other places. Um, what's, what's it feel like to be a startup in Perth? And Perth specifically, you feel very remote here, isolated, misunderstood. What's it, what's it feel like? It's it's a funny one because it's such a close community, largely thanks to Space Cube again. And yeah. um, thank you for having me, Space Thank Cube. you for our sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> the message from our sponsors. But I think um, Brody and the team have done such a fantastic yeah. job in bringing this community together. Um, and it's made such a friendly um, community. Um, Perth is a bit tricky. Everyone's somehow two degrees separated oh yeah so you can't piss off too many people um because it will get back to you um and what about their understanding and sophistication around tech businesses do they understand tech businesses how to value them if it's to do with mining i guess um but oh. all these other areas i think there's still a bit of a learning to go through yeah um what's it need if you're going to wave, wave your magic wand what does the per startup scene need mm. in your view I mean, you're right mm. in the middle of it now mm. more collaboration from um, larger companies and expert fields as well right um, that would definitely help um, I'm, I've been pressuring a lot of people to start a bit of a prop tech gang <laughs> at the yeah. moment and try and get some big companies involved with that and have a little hackathon or something and yes. um, kind of encourage the sharing of this data so I think the age that we're at at the moment is very data-driven and um, if these companies and the government can come up with a better way to make it available to people, they're going to see so many benefits from, you know, one or two, uh, might be at a hackathon, someone just has a cool idea and does something cool with this useless pile of data that they never knew they could do. So without releasing it, they don't know the potential that they're missing out on. So yeah. that's um, quite a big one for me that I think would really help things out. Awesome. Well, look, we're going to... Finish up with a rapid, quick-fire round of questions. So you just have to answer whatever comes to your mind first. Don't think about it too much. Mm -hmm. No pressure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what do you think is the single most important factor that makes a successful startup? Persistence. 
and yeah. passion. So I, I suppose guess, eleven years in. Yeah, I can see yeah. Why you'd that way. <laughs> Do you believe in insourcing or outsourcing? Insourcing. Mm-hmm. Should a startup sell fund or raise money? That depends on the context, I think. Can I expand on this? I think it's rapid fire. Yes, it's never really rapid fire. (laughs) I think if you can in, uh, if you can raise your own money, um, that's better. Mm -hmm. However, strategically, it might be better to um, raise money from certain expert or something that brings strategic value. So. We're exploring the possibility of a raise in the US just so we can get into the US market mm. right. and get that expertise involved. So I think it really depends on the context and your strategic vision and goal. Yeah, depends on the partner, what they bring. Exactly, um, yeah. PC or Mac? Oh, well, I'm a middleman on that. Ah. Raised Mac, recently gone PC because I was sick of having to bring bloody cables <laughs> and <laughs> adapters to presentations and yes. I always lose them. So I've got a, Mac, a PC at the moment. But Okay, cool. Um, a swing voter on that. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, red or white? Can I say blue? There you go. Blue. What does that mean? No, because, Someone else because said it's that. yeah, because the we're French flag. The no, there I we don't. go. So how do you <laughs> Charlie, that? Charlie attends it as a red or white wine see, question. See, I see red as aggressive and white as ah, too passive, like and I think color. blue is in calm and I like that. and okay. kind of having an overview and well thought out rather than. Sorry, oh. I've just kind of... No, no, no it's perfect. good. I, we love this question. It's the it's the one that gets the, the most wide range of answers. People interpret it in ways I go, what on earth are you talking about? You're not talking about wine, are you? <laughs> there is blue wine, but anyway. I'll explain to you after a little bit more about okay. that answer too. What <laughs> You'll podcasts, think I'm a weirdo, apart from this one, of course, what podcasts do you listen to? Or do you listen to podcasts? Um, I definitely listen to this one. Um, good on you. And, um, we have one listener. Yay! <laughs> Which is kind of going to be weird when I listen. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Tom from yeah. Nutro who's listening to this. <laughs> um, this Week in Startups by Jason Kalkanis. I'm probably biased because I was on it last year. Um, okay. It was cool. We actually won a pitch contest on that. Which, Where's that one done? Silicon Valley. Um, you were on it. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I won. Oh, well done. <laughs> don't look it up on YouTube. I will. <laughs> we're definitely Don't look up episode 812. We're going to put a link to it. In the show notes. <laughs> no, no. That was like one of my first ever public pitches, so it's pretty wow. uncomfortable. But um, also, I'm mainly into the really deep science-y ones, um, Stephen Hawking's, and um, I always wondered if it's, he writes out a transcript and they just get the robot to read it, or if he's doing the robot thing in front of a microphone. Uh-huh. It's another story. We'll never know. We'll never and, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson and um, all the... You're a bit of a science nerd, aren't you? I totally great. am. Yeah. That's my background and my right. big passion. Fantastic. Um, Awesome. And, yeah, all those sorts of things as well. Great. Well, look, thank you so much uh, for being on our show, Tom. We want to wish you and the Uju team all the very best for the future. And thanks to everyone for listening. So don't forget to give the Startup West pod a nice review uh, because that always helps people to find us and do subscribe as well so that you can get our next podcast in your feed and you can find us on all the standard favourite podcast platforms out there. Great. And also thanks to our sponsors. Startup West podcast is produced by Startup News and brought to you by the fine people at Curtin University, Space Cube, BDO, and raise. We record this podcast at a brand new studios at Riff in beautiful downtown Perth, West Australia. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. No, thank you so much for having me. See you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.